Good evening, my fellow Americans. Take the red pill. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. The disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. All we have built, all we have worked for, would be destroyed. There is nothing the political establishment will not do. And this nation will not be fully free until all its citizens are free. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action. These criminals cannot be rewarded. So that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. They're coming after you and I'm just standing in their way. Here I am. You and I have a rendezvous with death. The cost of freedom is always high. Those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the Founding Fathers. This is a crusade! This is a holy war against the deep state! We never wanted to be right, but yet things are all adding up to the firestorm. Our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. The Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exist for only one reason, to protect and enrich itself. The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interest, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind our campaign represents a true existential threat like they haven't seen before. This is not simply another four-year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we, the people, reclaim control over our government. The political establishment that is trying to stop us is the same group responsible for our disastrous trade deals, massive illegal immigration, and economic and foreign policies that have bled our country dry. The political establishment has brought about the destruction of our factories and our jobs as they flee to Mexico, China, and other countries all around the world. It's a global power structure that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. This is a struggle for the survival of our nation, and this will be our last chance to save it. This election will determine whether we're a free nation or whether we have only the illusion of democracy, but are in fact controlled by a small handful of global special interests rigging the system, and our system is rigged. This is reality. You know it, they know it, I know it, and pretty much the whole world knows it. The Clinton machine is at the center of this power structure. We've seen this firsthand in the WikiLeaks documents in which Hillary Clinton meets in secret with international banks to plot the destruction of U.S. sovereignty in order to enrich these global financial powers 
her special interest friends and her donors. Honestly, she should be locked up. The most powerful weapon deployed by the Clintons is the corporate media, the press. Let's be clear on one thing. The corporate media in our country is no longer involved in journalism. They're a political special interest, no different than any lobbyist or other financial entity with a total political agenda. And the agenda is not for you, it's for themselves. Anyone who challenges their control is deemed a sexist, a racist, a xenophobe. They will lie, lie, lie. And then again, they will do worse than that. They will do whatever is necessary. The Clintons are criminals, remember that. This is well documented. And the establishment that protects them has engaged in a massive cover-up of widespread criminal activity at the State Department and the Clinton Foundation in order to keep the Clintons in power. They knew they would throw every lie they could at me and my family and my loved ones. They knew they would stop at nothing to try to stop me. Nevertheless, I take all of these slings and arrows gladly for you. I take them for our movement so that we can have our country back. I knew this day would arrive. It's only a question of when. And I knew the American people would rise above it and vote for the future they deserve. The only thing that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The only force strong enough to save our country is us. The only people brave enough to vote out this corrupt establishment is you, the American people. Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. I didn't need to do this, folks, believe me. I built a great company and I had a wonderful life. I could have enjoyed the fruits and benefits of years of successful business deals and businesses for myself and my family. Instead of going through this absolute horror show of lies, deceptions, malicious attacks, who would have thought? I'm doing it because this country has given me so much and I feel so strongly that it's my turn to give back to the country that I love. I'm doing this for the people and for the movement and we will take back this country for you and we will make America great again. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy. Still not my studio, but guess what? My studio is done. I just got to move in. It's it's a it's a great thing. It's done. I can finally just move in and get everything set up. I'm going to be doing that tonight and tomorrow. And so excited. I, I'm going to be probably, I was going to be in there Friday night, but apparently according to Lori in the D live chat, it's no Josh Fridays. So I, I guess apparently... I can't do a show Friday, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Maybe I will do a show Friday. Maybe we'll do a Conversations on the Fringe Friday. 
and we'll have some real fun talking about the the deep down deep dive conspiracies but if you are new here to the red pill project or anything that we do here on the red pill project of the daily dose welcome i urge you to go ahead and subscribe hit that like button share comment all that good stuff we got some really cool people out there in the chats uh hit it up with them and uh what we're doing here we are exposing the global narrative we are exposing the new world order as it has come to be known 20 years ago i 20 30 years ago now 30 years ago i used to talk about the new world order all the time with groups of friends smoking weed and drinking beer and they would all laugh at me and call me a conspiracy theorist and said that i'd amount to nothing in life and uh you know they went on to college and are living back home with mom now and in liberals voting for joe biden and uh look at this uh the new world order is real and they weren't paying attention and so I don't know what to say to all those people, but you know what I can tell you is that it's going to get very, very interesting from this moment here on out. We have a lot of news, just a lot of scattered news, but in talking about the new world order, what is it? What is the new world order? Every 90 years, the world goes through a various different psychological cycle. Um, there was some great books out there. Generations is the book by Strauss and Howe that really explains a lot of the data that goes into um, the data that goes into what's known as the various different turning, the first, the second, the third, and the fourth turning. And I wanted to pull something up, so I'm doing that real quick. I can't multitask and like talk at the same time, but. To give you an idea what the, the fourth turning or the, the various different turnings are, is this is an idea that had came about through hundreds of years of research, looking for the last 500 years of research by um, Strauss and Howe, who were college professors at Columbia University. They first put out the book Generations, and they put out the fourth turning. And the fourth turning was more of a warning to people out there of how the transition of society actually goes. Now, Basically, if you want to look at it in, in this respect, is in 1945, the world changed. The world changed in the dynamic of how financial, financial, economic, government, political, and social, cultural um, aspects of, of the whole civilization are organized. It gets flipped upside down and new people rise up to power and then they run the, the global order for about a period of a generation. One of the best, best quotes out there that really explain this is this quote that you've probably heard many times before. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. And the cycle repeats. That is probably one of the best quotes single-handedly to explain the fourth turning. Because... What you have is weak men create hard times. And that's where we're at right now, is the weak men have created hard times. And these hard times are slowly inching their way in, but it's becoming exponential in the impact that it's having on the social, the cultural, the political, and the economic aspects of our world. To the point where these people who are the elitists, the ones that control the money, the corporations, the businesses, the ones that, that control all the institutions, the science, they control the dictionary, they control the history. These people who are at that level, the house of cards, if we may say, 
They understand these cycles better than you could ever imagine. So much so that they can influence these cycles to a large degree, very similar to how they did in the 1940s. If you want to think for any moment that World War I and World War II were just, you know, the natural cycle and progression of, of life on this planet and war happens, you're crazy. These things were planned. They were orchestrated. They were designed be behind the scenes by a group of ruling elite. It was financed by both sides of the robber barons. It was supported by both sides. And when a winner was imminent, they sided with that winner and allowed them to rise up as the lead of the global order and then ushered in even more wealth transference away from human beings during that time of all different countries. And so who won that world order bid? That was the United States of America. The United States of America rose up and became a global superpower. Russia as well rose up with them during that time under the guise of communism. But the United States eventually won that battle. The problem is, is that the United States during that point in time was never meant to be a permanent solution for the global order. That many of the global elite were hell-bent on destroying the United States of America simply because the global elite are comprised of various different factions. I like to refer to this as the War of the Roses. And I look at it as a multi-headed hydra and that you have various different heads and each one of these heads is a different hydra, is a different hydra or a different faction. And these factions are continuously warring with each other. Now, if you go back 500 years, these factions are less in number. These factions would be bloodline families. These factions would be various different spiritual and religious sects. They would be various different political organizations or power organizations, secret societies. That's who they would have been back then. But their influence wasn't as grand back in those times. They could influence a nation or a kingdom. They could influence a small regional area. But with the extent of the Roman Empire, as the Roman Empire began to grow, they found a new mechanism. And this was religion. The Vatican itself became the Roman Empire. The Vatican itself is the continuance of the Roman Empire. The power transferred away from the emperor and into the hands of the Pope and the, the papalist families and the cardinalist families. This would have been what we now know of as what's called the Black Nobility Families. Um, a little tidbit there in the mid-1800s, between 1850 and 1860, the Vatican was actually facing bankruptcy and was on the verge of being overthrown by various different protests and mobs. And it if it wasn't for these various different black nobility families stepping in, financing the Vatican, getting them out of their debt, taking over the power and control, as well as control of the various resources and assets that the Vatican had, the Vatican wouldn't be around right now. And so we almost had the collapse of the Roman Empire there in the mid-19th century. But thanks to the Colonna and the Orsini families and the various other families, uh, the Garcianos and so forth that fit into that the Roman Empire was extended. Now, the problem with this was that this empire had stretched out for a very long time and had massive influence and had consumed a lot of these various different bloodlines, what we call royalty or royal bloodlines, blue bloodlines, as well as secret societies within them. And they had championed themselves to a large point of power to the point where 
You had various corporations, which during the late 19th or 18th century were gaining an immense power around the world through the various different shipping channels that had been brought up and the new exploration and, you know, the, the advantages of modern technology, at least then in the 18th century. And a few of these corporations rose up and they were just tired of paying taxes to the Bank of England, which was nothing more than a Khazarian or a Zionist controlled, what we know to be now a Zionist controlled um, usury front that had basically taken over the kingdom during that point in time, just nothing more than a Phoenician extension of the Vatican. And so they were tired of paying taxes. They were tired of, 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 of obeying to the man. They are shipping products all around the world. They're going from China and Northern Africa, and they're going down into the Caribbean, and they have nothing to do with Europe or Britain, but instead they're still having to pay taxes to them. So they got fed up and they said, you know what, let's create a rebellion. Let's go out there. Let's create a rebellion. Let's promise the people freedom true real freedom in the midst of this rebellion and we'll finance it and we'll fund it and we'll create our own country and from that creation of our own country then we can establish our own faction and that's what you had in 1775 and 1776 all the way up until 1792 and that faction that was created was called the united states of america it was the anti-elitist faction that rose up out of various different corporations and, well, bloodlines, the French bloodlines, to go out there and take down, not take down, but to transition the global order of that time. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And that company, by the way, if you're wondering who that was, was the East India Company. Now, the East India Company, uh, the, the chairman of the board of directors was the uncle to Alexander Hamilton. You always, I always wondered why they, uh, all the, the founders of this country allowed a 19-year-old boy to run around with them. The reason is, is because his wealthy uncle was financing them. <coughs> it was actually $10 million from Lord Hamilton in Scotland that funded the U.S. Treasury in 1792 that established the Coinage Act, which therefore reestablished what the U.S. dollar was pinned to and what real currency and money actually is. And that's why it was, I think, uh, I think it's 180 grains, 180 grains of silver, equivalent to one ounce of silver, of Spanish silver. But it was always Spanish silver. Notice that. So these world shifting, this ebb and flow of world power has gone on for some time. And right now we're in one of those cycles again. Now, what we have to think about here is how is this time different? How is this cycle this time different? The reason this cycle is different this time is because Number one is three cycles ago, you had 1776 revolution. You had people that were given true, real freedom for once, for the first time in thousands of years. They established various different doctrines and what we call the constitution. This constitution being a legally binding contract and document is a living document which proclaims our rights given to us by our creator, of which 
we restrict the federal government within this document. Not that the federal government restricts us, we restrict the federal government within this document. It was revolutionary in the sense of how it came about. But now, as you heard Donald Trump say in that one speech there, it's under attack. It's trying to be taken down. And the reason is, is because the system of the United States has long since been infiltrated since the days of the founding fathers. We can see this coming about in the 1860s, 1864, 1865, the establishment of the 13th Amendment, the 14th Amendment, the Dred Scott Amendment that comes about, um, the, the Holy See loans that were taken out in 1868 after the revival of the Roman Empire through the Vatican, um, and then the Act of 1871. And then what we actually had was some uh, good things that actually happened in the United States of America. We had what we would consider American bloodlines, American royal bloodlines that came in and took over the power structures of this country. Unfortunately, in the beginning of the 20th century, those ones were basically cut off and taken out. And that started with the assassination of President Garfield and Teddy Roosevelt coming in from vice president to president. And uh, he was basically put in that place by um, John Jacob Astor. And uh, what ended up happening is he let his uh, um, Howard Taft come in and take over the presidency, which was his uh, secretary of treasury. And Taft basically turned all liberal on him and changed a lot of the policies and the regulations that he had brought about. And he went back to run against him. And they brought about a third candidate, third party candidate called Woodrow Wilson, who ended up winning. Now, what's interesting is this brought about the establishment of something known as the Federal Reserve. And how did the Federal Reserve come about? Well, you had to get rid of two people who were completely against that. And uh, they come from British bloodlines, but they were very well-established robber barons within the United States. These two bloodlines were known as the Astor family, or John Jacob Astor, and then the Guggenheims. And it was the Guggenheims and the Astors who were invited by J.P. Morgan to the launch of the Titanic. And just as uh, in 1913, and what ended up happening is 10 people were invited, only two of them showed up, and those two men died on that ship, um, which is a tragedy, but it's also, looking back on it, is a, quite an impossibility. There's no way that that shit hit, ship hit an iceberg, and there's no way that those two people specifically would have given their lives during that time for anybody else. So what we have here is a coup within those various different families and bloodlines to basically establish the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve goes on a 20-year charter starting in 1913, ends in 1933. The worst economic year for the United States during the Great Depression was 1933. It's also the same year that the Nazis rose up to power and began establishing the Third Reich, the Reichstag. So it's kind of interesting when you're looking at these things from a historical perspective to see how all of them correlate and ebb and flow with each other. Um, now, what these globalists and elitists do is they'll rise up Germany, they'll rise up the United States and they'll say, hey, you two fight it out and whoever wins is going to be the head of the global order. Well, guys, we're at one of those points right now. We are at one of those transition points right now. And the, the mouthpiece 
that is telling you and warning you this, not warning you, but telling you this and, and trolling it in your face is Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum with his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution that came out in 2014, telling you how the future is going to be unveiled, telling you how the future is going to roll out. See, they already have a plan for what happens next. And for them, it doesn't matter who wins. And this is something that I want everybody to understand. For the global elites, the ones at the top below the unknowns, the ones that are at the top below the unknowns, they already have the economic and financial solutions in place, ready to roll. They already have the political infrastructure of the global government in place. They already have the new social and cultural norms in place, and they've already established them within the foundation. The next thing that they have to do is they have to tip over the house of cards create the chaos, allow the nation states to battle it out, and whoever rises up becomes the next global superpower that reigns for the next 90 years in the new global order. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's time that this system ends. I think it's time that we change the history books, that we no longer allow global elites to influence the, the expansion, the progression of humanity into the future. I, I don't think that we should allow just a few select people who, who've chosen themselves as the leaders of the world to lead us into the future and choose and decide what companies and corporations and what people get to rise up because that's not fair in any way, shape, or form. But see, here's the, one of the problems that they look at. And I know this because one of the things that I do and I do very, very well is I tend to look at things from varying perspectives. I don't take one perspective. I don't look at one thing and say from a Christian point of view and say, oh, well, you know, this is this is my Christian perspective and this is how I'm going to look at it. I don't look at it from the Josh perspective or the educated, the logical, rational perspective. I take a multi-perspective view on all different things. And one of the things I do, and I do this a lot, is I have conversations with myself in these various perspectives. I imagine that I am someone else and I'm having a communication with myself. Uh, I'm a, you know, a 1960s hippie. It's all peace and love, man. And I'm talking to this person about spirituality and how does all of this transgress and how does this evolve? And I look at their various different points and I, I debate those points with myself. And I've looked at the global elites and I've studied them enough to understand their mental perspective. Now, their mental perspective is that they are doing the right thing, whether we want to agree with that or not. They're evil. They're evil. The shit that they do, the, the satanic orders, what they do, they believe in their minds they are right. That's the fucked up thing. But see, what we have to do is we have to take down the system that they've established as that point of security. We have to get into their minds and understand their next moves. And see, this is what I believe the plan was all along. The plan, you know, the plan. Like, I truly hope that one day Donald Trump stands up and says, my beard is blurry, Donald Trump stands up and says, guys, sorry, it had to be this way. We had to do it this way. It was the plan all along, and we had to go along with it. We had to make sacrifices. We're sorry for the people who lost their lives or their fortunes, but, but it had to be this way to do this. 
I, I hope that that comes out one day. But I'm not going to count on it. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and believe that someone else is going to save me, my country, or myself, right? Or my family. But instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out there and I'm going to take the necessary action within the universe in the way that I know how. Um, is there problems on one of the streaming channels, people? Okay. I don't, yep. So anyways, what we have to do is we have to unite, come together, and we have to take down the infrastructure that these people are creating. It's not about warring nations. It's not about picking up the pieces after the economic collapse. This is why when you look at the Q post, you look at the plan, they say, we're going to show you a whole new world, a brave new world. When you go to look at Donald Trump, he says that we're going to create a whole new country. We're going to create 10 new cities. The reason they're saying this is because whoever becomes triumphant in this battle that we're in right now, and the battle is different because there are people like Donald Trump out there who I believe is a member of one of these factions. I do. I believe that Donald Trump is a member of one of these factions. Um, it's more of the faction of logic and reason and, and good. I believe that he is working for good. He might be associated with people I disagree with and I, I dislike and I don't like their politics. I don't like their actions or their antics. But I believe that Donald Trump in, in his heart is a good man. And I believe that he's working for the betterment of America, of the American people. And with that, I, I, I do put a lot of faith in that. But here's the thing, is I believe that Donald Trump has an idea, a plan that is in progress right now to destroy not only the system that the elites have established, but their fallback system of what's supposed to rise after the collapse happens. And in order for that to happen, you, me, and everybody else have to rise up and unite. We have to become one. We have to become one mind, one voice. We have to rise up and defeat this evil once and for all. And just because the evil is removed doesn't mean the corruption goes away. I've said for the longest time, we have to rid Washington, D.C. of Washington, D.C. I, I posted it on Twitter today. Politicians come with consequences. Okay. It doesn't matter who they are. Politicians come with consequences. Now, why am I talking about the global order? I'm talking about the global order because for the longest time, I've been talking about something, um, this idea, this plan of what I believe has happened. I believe that Donald Trump in his last year in office um, traveled the world to China, the Russia, the Brazil, to Saudi Arabia, and he made deals because that's what Donald Trump does. He made deals. And he basically told them, I want you to build up the BRICS alliance. I will go around and I will negotiate with all these countries to leave the Western order and start building up the BRICS alliance. And he, I think he did this on purpose. And this is why you see China do a V-line away from the World Economic Forum for a few years, away from the table with the Western society. And they go and they start basically building up bricks. China goes out there and divests tons of money into third world countries, building up infrastructure, agricultural infrastructure, livestock infrastructure, production infrastructure, mining infrastructure, and energy infrastructure. Not only that, Russia, Brazil, India, they all do the same thing. 
They start investing in these countries instead of manipulating these countries and subverting them. They give them the helping hand. And this allowed BRICS to become this dominant economic force. But see, it was never meant to be an economic force. It was meant to be a united global force to fight against the implementation of the Western global order. But see, you have to remember, they have to play both sides. So you have the World Economic Forum, you have the global elites, and they, at that very level, have established China, have established Russia. Well, I don't think there's so much in Russia. Have established China and the global trade and the financial institutions, right? So they have their tentacles in both the BRICS and the Western global order. And instead of nation states warring against each other, what we're seeing is we're seeing these alliances coming up to fight each other. Now, is it going to get that far? I think it might. I think it might break out the World War III. That's what the globalists want. But I think that that's kind of what really needs to happen because you have to have various old factions destroyed and removed. And I think at the end of the day, when Donald Trump comes back into power in the United States, whether that's going to be in November or down the road, I think that, that there's a deal in place that China and Russia allow the United States back in the game and that United States potentially even joins BRICS. Hmm. Think about that. That the United States might join BRICS when Donald Trump comes back. That is a interesting theory, isn't it? But I think it might actually be the case that the United States is going to come to the table and land some deals. And instead of coercing and subverting countries and manipulating them for votes within the United Nations... Instead, what happens is you have a new establishment of global authority. The BRICS nations rise up. They create their own United Nations, their own League of Nations. And they start to do things right. Instead of going out there and, and subverting countries and, and taking down rulers and putting their own puppets in the place and using money to influence and creating terrorism around the world, they go out there. And they give them the helping hand. They help build these countries up. They help build the wealth up in these countries. Because that's what they're doing literally right now. Now, it's interesting that Russia went into Ukraine because Ukraine just happens to be one of the most corrupt countries in Eastern Europe. Not only most corrupt, but one of the wealthiest in the sense of rare earth minerals and oil and gas production. So that's very resource rich. We are in a battle of the resources right now, even though, in, in a sense, we don't even need it. But today, we get the announcement, something that we announced a few weeks ago, that Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates have confirmed they are joining BRICS. Now, one in there I said, Iran. China and Russia then again today reiterated to the United States, do not bomb or attack Iran. They are an ally, an economic ally, as well as a military ally, that China is getting a large portion of Iranian oil. So if the United States goes in there and does what they did to Iraq in the 1990s to Iran and starts bombing their oil fields, that's a direct attack on Chinese energy. And see how that can expand that global conflict even greater. 
So there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts that are happening right now. You have these various different factions that are warring with each other. You have this plan that I believe was put in place to take down the satanic, the evil cabals, to take down the factions that have ruled for a long time in the shadows, that have this plan for global enslavement and depopulation, that this plan is in full motion moving forward, but there are countries, nation states, and leaders around the world that don't want it. And they're working against it by rising up to points in positions of power on the global stage. But see, within all of that, in order for any of that to happen, and this is the, the hard to swallow pill of truth, is the United States has to have a coming to God moment. The United States has to face very similar to what Russia faced in the 1990s. See, we can't fix Washington, D.C. by electing new people in there. You're not going to fix Washington, D.C. by getting rid of the Democrats. You're not going to fix Washington, D.C. by getting rid of the Republicans. You're not going to fix Washington, D.C. by just putting people into the Senate. You have to weed out Washington, D.C. from its very core. The system isn't corrupt. The system was built this way. The system was built for them, not you. It was built against you and to benefit them. And as long as we allow them to continue to go hold that power, hold those offices, to get appointed to those various different positions, this cycle will never end. This cycle will be continuous for as long as you and I are alive. And so we see that there has to be this digression of U.S. power from the global stage. There has to be this collapse of the U.S. economy. There has to be this destabilization of the political sectors. Because how else are you going to fix something if you can't remove what's broken? If you can't see what's broken? See, this last four years is optics. Do I believe that Donald Trump is still president, commander in chief? No, but I believe that he did what he would believe was right for this plan. And that was to show the people. You can't tell the people, you have to show them. And that's what Donald Trump did this last four years. He showed the people just how bad it was. How bad is it? You have a president who wasn't elected, who can't function on his own, who shit himself in the Vatican, who falls upstairs, whose son's a crack addict, um, who is a pedophile himself, who cannot make coherent sentences, who is not actually in power and control, but instead dominated by various different figures within his cabinet and his administration. You have a defense secretary who forgets to tell the federal government that he's in the hospital, apparently. You have a military that's absolutely crumbling, 50% recruitment rates. You have you know, them promising trans surgery to people just to recruit, reducing the recruitment limits to people without GEDs, without citizenship status, and without diplomas. You have an economy that 
they have to manipulate and lie about, that they have to pump hundreds of billions of dollars in every six months just to keep it going. And that hundred billions of dollars is off the books, that they have to manipulate the job numbers and the inflation numbers just to keep the perception of the American public away from it. Because the moment the American people see what's really happened economically, it all comes crumbling down. It all crashes down. You have a social and cultural perspective in this country that is just plain fucked up. You have teachers sleeping with minor children. You have pedophiles being being invited into school for drag shows. You have American boys and girls who have no clue what the fuck they are in the sense of a man or a woman, and they're completely confused on that. You have the changing of our history. You have the tearing down of monuments. You have the redefinition of various different words. And not only is that a cultural phenomenon, but it has become a political movement that is funded by some of the wealthiest people in this planet. It's nothing more than Marxist manipulation. When you go back and you listen to what Yuri Bezmenov said in the 1990s interview, he told you that exactly that would happen, that it's going to start with that generation, with your children. They are going to indoctrinate them into the Marxist ideology. They're going to change what they think, what they believe, not only about what they believe and think about society, but what they think, what they believe about themselves. They're going to poison the water. They're going to poison the food. They're going to poison the soil. They're going to poison the air. And what that does is that puts you into a low mental state. That low mental state completely, completely impedes your cognition. And when it impedes your cognition, it puts you in a state of susceptibility of subconscious susceptibility to where whatever anybody can influence you to be, they will. So the United States right now doesn't even have a culture. That's the sad thing. The only culture that many of us are hanging on to is lock and load, baby. It's revolution time. That is the one aspect of our culture that never died. It's the one aspect of our culture that still rings true today. And what do we see? We see the anti-militia bills that are rising up in Congress. And right before this, sure enough, holy shit, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it here in a minute. But before we talk about it, I, I got I got a flow. I got a whole bunch of news to get through. I've already talked for forty two minutes. Holy shit! But we are witnessing what I call the firestorm event, something I've been talking about since November of 2020, people. We are well into it. It is happening. I don't think that there's any denying that. Social cultural destabilization, institutional infiltration, political collapse and destabilization, attacks on supply chain and infrastructure. Yesterday, we talked about various different chicken farms throughout Texas that were being set on fire. This reminded us of things that happened just a few years ago with over 250 food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities that caught on fire, burned down completely, or basically were put out of business because of that, as well as about 30 various different oil refineries and distribution facilities that just blew up. And what do we see today? A significant gas pipeline has exploded, releasing massive flames hundreds of feet into the sky in Elmwood, Oklahoma. Just days after 
a whole slaughter of chickens were killed. Now, there's a video I'm going to show you. I, I have not confirmed the authenticity of this video. It's from American Sup One. I someone posted, tagged me, up, and um, I, I had read this story earlier about Chinese and Russian hackers that there was malware put into various different ISP routers throughout the United States. Basically, every single router that you can imagine in the United States, from Cisco routers to your ISP routers that are installed in your house, were infected with Chinese malware. <clears throat> so much so that government routers, classified routers, were all infected with the same malware. Why? Because the majority of the chipsets come from that area of the world, and it's easy to infiltrate and put those backdoors in. But apparently these hackers got a lot of information and some of it classified. So when I saw this today, what this guy said made a lot of sense. I'm going to play this for you. Hey, what's up, America? Well, a notorious ransomware gang with ties to China and Russia are now saying that they have shitloads of top secret and classified information they've taken from government websites here in the United States. And wouldn't you know it, they're going to make it public and available for you to see coming up here. Now, this gang says that they're going to sell some of it and publish some of it for the general public to see. The stuff they're going to sell pertains to individuals, so I'm assuming there's some type of blackmail involved there. But the other stuff, they're going to thumb through it, and then release it to the public for our viewing pleasure coming up in the near future. So obviously the government's not saying what's in these documents. The hacking group says we're going to be pleasantly surprised. All we know from the government is that they're saying it's top secret and classified information that's been stolen from them. So I don't know what these guys are planning, but from what it sounds like, it's looking like Edward Snowden-like information is something that they might have gathered. And if so... Why is that interesting? Because in everything that I've been saying, what did I tell you was going to come next? Drip, drip, flood. How do you get information out there directly to the public when you've had it and you're holding on to it? The NSA collected it for over a decade. The, the military was collecting this information on these people. High-level information that, that these people are far beyond corrupt, stolen military secrets, pedophilia, evil satanic freaking adventures, the Jepsery Epstein's Island. The dirt off of a Wiener's laptop, of Hillary Clinton's emails, of the Burisma server, um, dirt of, from uh, Nancy Pelosi's laptop. How do you get this information out there? You need another WikiLeaks. You need another Julian Assange. You need another Edward Snowden. And China just happened to be the one to facilitate this. Hmm. Just saying, I bet you're going to see some very good information come out with that if that is true. Now, I made a prediction. I don't usually make predictions, but I'm looking at what's going on. I heard John Kirby, the uh, military spokesman for the Biden administration today, say... That, uh, yes, they are still planning a retaliatory strike on Iran, um, and uh, you won't know when it's coming, but when it does, there will be more. And so I said that the, when will the U.S. strike Iran? I'd have to say February 2nd, around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I just wanted to get that out of the record in case I'm right, in case I'm right, because I think I'm right. And that would be Friday evening, 
Friday evening here would be the beginning of the early morning. It'll probably be sometime in the afternoon. Joe Biden might even come on the uh, the old television and make a few words. But I think that, that it's going to happen probably Friday, um, sometime Friday. And there's reasoning behind that. I will talk about that. If it happens on Friday, I'll talk about that Friday or Saturday. Why I chose those dates. Um Approximately 4 p.m. today, the House voted on a bill to deport illegals and foreign aliens who commit social security fraud, robbing of our seniors. 155 House Democrats, 75% of their conference, just voted against the deporting criminal migrants who commit social security fraud and rob our seniors. That, that is just absolute treason to our country. That, that's absurd. 155 members of Congress said, why are we going to deport illegal immigrants who, who commit crimes in the United States? That's crazy. un believable A little confirmation in something that we've had. Um, James O'Keefe goes undercover as a beer-drinking gay man. And uh, he has a date with a White House official who gives a tell-all on the behind-the-scenes discussions running Joe Biden's mental health decline, Kamala Harris' unpopularity within the administration, and things that they can't necessarily say publicly. Now, this is a top White House cyber official. He told James O'Keefe they can't say it publicly. The White House wants to replace Kamala Harris and confirms President Biden's mental decline. Biden is definitely slowing down. What does that mean? Michelle Obama, Michael Obama, is being prepped for vice president to run with the next candidate. Probably going to be Nikki Haley or Gavin Newsom. Uh, because we don't think that Joe Biden is going to last that long. We're actually thinking March to the April timeframe, maybe even May, that Joe Biden might <clears throat> croak. I don't know. It's a possibility. I think that that would stop all the investigations of Hunter Biden, a lot of the corruption investigations, um, and a lot of the impeachment investigations with something like a presidential death. And I think that that would be very strategic of the Democrats to try to preserve their power is to do something like that. And what that does is... And I said this, I want, to, I want to say this again, I want to reiterate it for the record. Michael Obama will come in as vice president for whoever comes in for Joe Biden. Kamala will be offered a Supreme Court seat. Justice Sotomayor will most likely be the one who steps down. Biden will most likely be replaced April, March, or May timeframe. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley forces Mark Zuckerberg to stand up and apologize to families of victims impacted by sexual exploitation on Meta. This is pretty freaking epic. Let's watch this. Um, the colors of a true cuck right here. Listen to this. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, you and the companies before us, I know you don't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people. So let me ask you this. Does that even look like Mark Zuckerberg? I'm sorry. That doesn't look like Mark Zuckerberg. I know the guy's been working out, but that definitely does not look like Mark Zuckerberg. Let me pull up the real video, though. Uh-oh. There we go. That's what I wanted to do. Okay. So here's the video that I was looking for. 
But I wanted to show you that one because it was actually the second video I was supposed to play. But I wanted to play that one because it doesn't even look like Mark Zuckerberg. Guys, this doesn't look like Mark Zuckerberg. But any action. You didn't that's take any action. Center. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't that's compensated a single not, victim. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? I, Would I, you like to do so now? Well, They're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? Zuckerberg. <laughs> it, it, it's funny, but it's also fucking sad because that platform is utilized. His platforms are utilized for those types of things. And he should be held legally responsible for that in one sense or another. Uh, the White House has refused to hand over the transcripts of Biden's Ukraine speech where he called for the firing of Prosecutor General Victor Shokin. The House Oversight Committee on Wednesday said the White House is refusing to hand over the transcript of Joe Biden's Ukraine speech. The White House is refusing to hand it over the early drafts of President Biden's 2015 Ukraine speech, where he called for the fire of Ukrainian prosecutor Victor Shokin. These drafts are important, as it is believed, based on public reporting, that the then VP called an audible and changed U.S. policy towards Ukraine to benefit his son on the plane ride to Ukraine. So the speech drafts would show that none of that was part of the conversation, but then it became part of the conversation because, well, he called an audible. And that's why they won't release it. Uh, May Orcus is uh, headed towards impeachment and the timing couldn't be better. We talked about this back in September when a lot of this was coming about. And I questioned the Republican Congress, why they were waiting so long to bring about articles of impeachment against May Orcus, Ray, against um, Garland and Biden. And the reason is, is because it puts it into an election year. And there's nothing better than an impeachment cycle during an election year. Um, the Biden regime is launching a scheme to effectively disrupt private gun sales before the 2024 election. Um, whistleblowers within the ATF that at the direction of the White House, the ATF has drafted a 1,300-page document that justified the rule effectively banning the private sale of firearms. Now, here's the problem. The ATF, along with the IRS and all these other federal institutions, cannot change the rules which create new laws. You have to understand that. But the problem that I see with a lot of that is something that I actually saw earlier. There was another article out here that was a direct example of exactly that. Holy shit, I got a lot of news to go through. That goes to this. The appeals court finds the FBI did not violate the Fourth Amendment rights of Los Angeles residents by seizing hundreds of safety deposit boxes without any legal basis. Now, this was in 2021. 2021, the Fed seized $85 million in cash, precious metals, and family heirlooms stored in about 800 safe deposit boxes in Los Angeles. They were eventually sued under constitutional means, and it was found out that the Federal Bureau of Investigation violated their Fourth Amendment rights. These people still haven't gotten the stuff back. So you got to see that the government will overreach its power and then keep you tied up in the legal system fighting to get your rights back. 
It should be the other way around, people. It should be the other way around. We shouldn't have to fight to retain our rights. It shouldn't take three or four years to find out that the federal government violated your constitutional rights. That should be freaking apparent right from the get-go. A uh, measure that blue states voted uh, for result. A measure that blue states voted for resulted in a 241% increase in opiate deaths. Has forced Dems to declare a state of emergency. And uh, the 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 best example of this is right here. Oregon becomes the first state to decriminalize small amounts of heroin and other street drugs. Oregon leaders declare a 90-day state of emergency in downtown Portland to address the fentanyl crisis. What the fuck did they think was going to happen? This is what happens when you let liberals run your country, run your cities, is they drive them into the dirt and they kill people. Innocent people, family members die because of these Marxist liberal policies that are coming about. Now, are conservative policies anything better? They're more restrictive. They're absolutely more restrictive and they're more logical in their context. The reason is, is because the right is no longer the right. The right is moderates, it's independents, it's libertarians, it's all of the above. Where is that one article? I wanted to touch on that real quick. Because it's a, a great segue into what we were just talking about there. There it is. Comedian tells Joe Rogan he's no longer on the left, reveals what he made him say that I can't do it anymore. Stand-up comedian, actor, and podcaster Bobby Lee, um, known for his appearances on shows like Mad TV and films like uh, Very a Harold Kumar Christmas, is not exactly one that you would call family values conservative. Um, during the show, Rogan praised regular people from Boston admitted that he used to be part of the blue bubble and was 100% a left-leaning person who lived in Los Angeles and who never voted Republican, especially with any social issues, although he said he was a little bit more conservative when it came to financial issues. Let's listen to this. Austin people are great people. They're really nice. They're nice. They're not shitheads. They're not Hollywood people. They're not lost in this fake world of leftist ideology that everybody's trapped in. They're just people. They're just regular people, man. And those people exist outside of these, these blue bubbles where everyone's gone insane. Well, I used to be a part of the blue bubble. I, I was 100% a left-leaning person who lived in Los Angeles. I was 100%. I never voted Republican my whole life. I was very left-leaning, especially with like any social issues. When it comes to financial things, I'm a little bit more conservative. But at the end of the day, way more left than I am right but California went nuts man it's gone like full communist it's out of its fucking mind and their approach to law enforcement is so insane it's so insane the no cash bail the letting people out for committing violent crimes the fucking st not stopping people for stealing up to whatever money it is. What is it, $900 now? I think they raised it. I think they made it a little higher. San Francisco is non-existent. San Francisco, most of San Francisco is emptied out of like big chain stores and big department stores. Cause they, I, I, would, I wouldn't even do stand-up there anymore. It's crazy. It's, they man. ruined it. They ruined the city. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can bring it back. The structure's still there. But yeah, you'd yeah. have to have some hardcore Rudy Giuliani type motherfucker to come in there and knock heads. Wow. And nobody wants that. You Nobody know, wants that. They're peace, love, and granola and fucking wear a mask. I'm in the middle now. I'm in the middle. 
I'm in the I middle. Never w- I never thought I would ever never. say that. Never. <laughs> never. It, it only happened in this last year. Right. Exactly. I just went, I can't do it anymore. You know, I mean, people that you thought were aligned with you are like now, now like mad at you about shit. They're in a cult. They're in a cult. It's it's got all. I mean, he said it right there. They're in a cult, and this is the precipice that we've been talking about. This is the precipice, people. That's where we're at. We're coming up to this moment where people are waking up left and right. And yes, they might not be conservative. They might not align with you on all of the things that you believe. But guess what? They're not fucking voting Biden. They're not going to vote for the left anymore. And see, what that does is that produces that cascade effect where that cheater, that cheating, that voter fraud can't work because you get this this massive precipice tide that overflows. It's what you're seeing with Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. Donald Trump's breaking the records because people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. So... Uh, Senator Colton Moore went to the Atlanta airport after whistleblower reported to him that a room was being guarded by U.S. military full of illegal aliens. And he came out and said that this is a total dereliction of duty and a breach of public trust on the Georgians. Georgian borders are breached. Um, Not only that is that is highly unconstitutional. And uh, my message there is to all the military members who are partaking in this, uh, remember your oath. Unlawful orders are still unlawful orders. And as a member of the military, you should know the difference. And uh, military should not be housing any illegal immigrants through airports and getting them on planes. And But that's just telling you that there's something going on. The military is moving these people from point A to point B. Why? Why the military? Why not Customs and Border Patrol? Why not local police officers? Why the military? Why is the military moving these certain illegal immigrants? Something's coming, guys. Something major is coming. The reason something major is coming is because we've hit the precipice. The left, the elitist, the globalists, they know they've lost. They know the jig is up. They know that their back is against the wall and they can't stop what's coming. So, like I've said before, they will scorch this earth before they ever give up power. They will do any last-ditch effort to try to regain power. And so something's coming. Be vigilant out there, I'm telling you. Biden has named uh, um, Pedo Podesta, John Podesta, as the new climate czar to replace John Kerry. Apparently, John Kerry can't answer questions straight anymore. And keeps on screwing up when talking about his own jet's exhaust. Oh, man, climate change is absolute garbage. But John Podesta coming back into the ring just goes to show you that the Joe Biden administration is nothing more than an extension of the Clinton and the Obama administration. That Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton are the handlers of Joe Biden, along with Valerie Jarrett and and many other people, uh, Blink and so forth, that control every move that Joe Biden does. And that Podesta, Obama, Clinton, and many of these people are what we would consider to be the deep state. Non-elected officials, non-appointed officials who control what's happening in this country. And that's a sad thing that hopefully Donald Trump is going to crush as well as you, me, and every other American when we rise up against this evil and corrupt power. Joe Biden to visit East Palestine, Ohio a year after the disaster since it's an election year. 
the mayor of East Palestine immediately came out and endorsed Donald Trump and said that Joe Biden can visit next year when he's no longer president. <coughs> That's going to be interesting. Uh, former Donald Trump administration official in critical condition after being shot during a carjacking in a uh, carjacking spree in Washington, D.C. This isn't an accident. I think that this is a message to Donald Trump. The guy's name is Mike Gill, actually, which is I found kind of interesting because you have the other Mike Gill out there talking all the stuff about Flynn and everything like that. But I think that this was a message being sent to Donald Trump once again. That we can get to anybody who's close to you, we can get to you and all of this. And you got to remember, when we look at the symbology, the first indictment, New York City indictment, came on the anniversary of the assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan. The first arraignment came on the 55th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. The first arraignment by Jack Smith came on the anniversary of the assassination of Henry III. Those were messages. Then you have uh, Alex uh, Alexander Soros's message on Twitter with the $47 in the bullet hole, 47 being the number the president would be next. They're sending a message to him. U.S. Treasury confirms spending on debt interest now larger than entire defense budget and will soon surpass entire Social Security budget. That's that. That's bad. And we talked about this last year that the U.S. debt, the amount that we pay every 136 days, is going to exceed one trillion dollars. That that is just atrocious. That's ten thousand dollars of every American family every 136 days in this country. That's twenty thousand dollars a year in debt that you're paying to pay for the government's radical spending. And I said, future history books will say the U.S. government spent themselves out of existence. And I believe that that's going to be true. Listen to Donald Trump here sending a message. And I'm going to explain what I mean by this here in a second. Is it, it looks like it's better now. My hand? Yeah, remember what happened the other day? What was wrong with it? You didn't see the photos coming no. out of Trump Tower? No. It was, okay. What was wrong with it? The other one. Yeah. Okay. And do you want to tell us what happened with the hand? Nothing. Maybe it's AI. <laughs> he wasn't joking there, people. If you remember about a week and a half ago, you had Donald Trump's hand being showed all over liberal news media with, uh, with cuts and bruises on it. That wasn't his hand. That was an AI-generated image. And what he's trying to show you is that don't believe everything you see. There's going to be things that are going to come out, deep fakes and such, against him that the mainstream media will pose as real and correct. Why? It's all part of the PSYOP. Speaking of PSYOPs, who is Justin Moan? Levittown, Pennsylvania man and YouTube beheading videos sued the government and made music. This, uh, this gentleman... Uh, police say Justin fled the scene. He was picked up hours later after 100 miles away near a National Guard training facility in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, Justin Moan uh, yesterday um, streamed his uh, declaration that he was now acting president and he called for the execution of uh, politicians of Joe Biden. The removal of Joe Biden uh, began the, the second American revolution, posing as a conservative and also apparently beheaded his father, who was a federal officer and showed the cap decapitated head on his YouTube video, which YouTube kept up for quite some time. Now, I find this interesting because 
Have you seen the headlines that are coming out against this guy? QAnon believer accused of beheading federal employee dad waged legal war against government over student loans. Hmm. Student loans? Doesn't sound like a QAnon supporter. So what else we got here? There's another New York Post article. QAnon aligned son decapitates federal employee dad. Hmm. What do we got here? A few more articles that came out today around the same time. Days of Darkness, how one woman escaped the conspiracy theory trap that has starred millions. Talking about the QAnon. Wait, was there more articles that came out right after this? Oh, absolutely there was. When QAnon fundraises for Carrie Lake, she shows up. Why is it all of a sudden QAnon is coming back in to the media all over again? Right after this kid decapitates his dad's head, which has been shown through social media that this kid was not even conservative. But he because he's calling it for a revolution against the government and the, the removal of Joe Biden, and he all of a sudden aligns with that, that's called fucking MK Ultra, and you're in the middle of a PSYOP, people. And what they're trying to do is at the same time that this has happened and this person's calling for militias to be formed, to go out there and take out the power, to take out the military, he decapitates his federal agent father's head. All of a sudden, right after, you get massive news articles coming out about QAnon. We obviously know that that guy was MK Ultra. But what do you get? You have the, you have the anti-militia bill that's being proposed in Congress. Isn't it interesting how right before any gun legislation goes up before Congress or the Senate, you always have some type of mass shooting? Isn't it interesting before any anti-militia bill goes up before Congress, all of a sudden you have some crazy MK altered kid out there talking about joining militias and forming militias and get your guns ready? Hmm. All right. The French police are now out there arresting over 100 farmers. Reports are that the convoy of tractors are headed to the police station to demand their release. And I said, it's time for plan B. This shit is about to get real in France. I'm interested to see what happens. A few other pieces of news. Putin says the U.S. Patriot missile was used to shoot down the POW plane. And so that confirms that Ukraine shot down a Russian plane with their own POW prisoners on it, trying to basically switch it onto Russia, saying Russia shot it down. But it was a U.S. Patriot missile, and Russia showed the proof and evidence of this. Um, in November 2024 election, the U.S. president were being held today, and Democrat Joe Biden was going against President or Republican Donald Trump. Um, who would you likely vote for? In all states, a 6% lead by Donald Trump. In Arizona, 3% lead by Donald Trump. Georgia, 8% lead by Donald Trump. Michigan, 5% lead by Donald Trump. Nevada, 8% lead by Donald Trump. North Carolina, 10% lead by Donald Trump. Pennsylvania, 3% lead. And Wisconsin, 5% lead. Which means that Donald Trump is leading all of these swing states as well as Bellwater counties. Game, set, match. Going on to talk about the Jack Smith information, a secret memo from the Presidential Information Technology Committee, the PITC, under Barack Obama's administration regarding the control of presidential records could change everything in the DOJ's politicized prosecution of Donald Trump, where this memorandum goes out and says that anything that the president pertains to a legal record, a record of his records, is his. It doesn't matter if it's classified or not. And that was under Barack Obama. Oh, the irony of that, huh? And um, 
Four people in Washington state have tested positive this month for a rare fungal infection that could be deadly. The cluster comes as Candida auris continues to spread in the United States. Now, it's interesting that Candida auris is spreading in the United States, this fungus, because this goes back to that parasite theory that I've talked about once before. And now that people have that jab and are immunosuppressed, more and more people are getting this. Hmm. Wonder if there's something more there. Parasite theory. Many of you guys know what I'm talking about. But hey, listen, guys, I'm over time. Sorry, I'm definitely over time. But what I want you to do, go on over to redpills.tv. There's tons of ways to support us over there. You can find Cash App, cryptocurrency, ways to support us if you want to help, uh, help us out. As well as we got some of our sponsors linked up there. Uh, the best one being Pet Club 247. Go check out the Coriolis Ferris Colored Mushrooms. Uh, that's going to get rid of that Candida auris freaking fungus for you. The natural freaking antifungal right there. Um, as well, if you want to support us with a monthly subscription, socialredpill.com, socialredpill.com, www.socialredpill.com. Get a subscription over there. Tomorrow night, we're going to do a live Q&A, live Q&A with myself and uh, quite a few other people. It can be a good time. I'm still trying to get James and, and a few other people over there. We'll get them over there here soon, but I promise you we will. Um, other than that, guys, I hope you guys have a great night. Thank you for all the support, all the kind words out of there. My shoulder's still pretty screwed up, but I'm working on it. Um, you guys are amazing. So appreciate all of you and all the support and um, getting excited about decentralized media. It's coming. It's coming faster than you could ever know. And I got some major announcements on that. When the time is right, I will make those announcements. But other than that, guys, much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bend the spoon. That's impossible. Only try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon.